Hello again and welcome to another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And we're back in the saddle this evening and we are talking to the uh, man who's in charge of the Cape Town Cycle Tour through the Cape Town Cycle Tour Trust. David Belez. David, welcome again to From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Nice to chat. Really good to be back with you again. Indeed. So I know I said tongue-in-cheek time we spoke about the distance of the ride, and you've been very obliging for not just myself, but also the mayor of Cape Town. Tell us more. Hi, <laughs> uh, indeed. Mr. Jordan Hill-Lewis is now committed to a 42-kilometer trot up and down the Cape Peninsula. So it's it's something that's been on the cards for seven years, we've been in negotiations and discussions and workshops with the city of Cape Town, trying to come up with a suitable solution that allows us to offer a shorter distance on the day of the cycle tour. So, um, you know, something that is more accessible to a newbie, to a youngster, to somebody who's coming back to the sport after years of, of possibly being inactive. And a couple of weeks ago, we launched the 42-kilometer route or prologue of the Cape Town Cycle Tour that will be taking place on the same day as the main event. Now, this is not a new course. It has been ridden before. Tell us about that. It, it has indeed. In actual fact, we, you will start at the same venue as the, the Long Route Riders, which is down on the Grand Parade in Cape Town. And you will then uh, head out to the end of the Blue Route, end of the freeway. We'll turn at the bottom of the freeway and head back to town. And this is the same route that we offered riders the year that we had those devastating fires in the Cape Peninsula when we couldn't go down to what we call the Deep South. We had to run the event uh, on a shortened route. That year we finished at uh, Greenpoint. 2023, the riders will finish at the Grand Parade. It's very difficult to shut both sides of the peninsula off. So this is a trial year and we'll finish all those riders at the Grand Parade and they can then make their way through. It's about 2Ks to get through to the finish and the hospitality areas at the Greenpoint Precinct. So they are two different finishes, one for the 42K and one for the full ride. Yes. The, the long-term objective, obviously, is to have the short route finishing towards the long route on the other side of that big circle in Greenpoint where the My City bus terminus is. But we need to understand how it will affect the city of Cape Town, understanding that the entire route for the 109 is closed for the day uh, by bringing this route in and over Bakencroft Street heading towards the current finish of the long route would literally paralyze the city. So we need to keep those roads open for this year, or 2023, and we'll then reassess at the end of the event. So the 42 will start and finish at the Grand Parade, um, and the 109 starts at the Grand Parade and finish in the Greenpoint Precinct. Yeah, but it must be very difficult. I know we as, as fans of events in Cape Town just go, oh, wonderful, there's going to be a beautiful event in Cape Town. But not every resident of Cape Town is happy about street closures and road closures and getting their, their one weekend or two weekends disrupted in the, okay, it's a bit more than two weekends now with the major events here. But there's yeah. always opposition. It must be very difficult to get it all, the logistics together to close the city down for a day or two. It, it certainly is. And I think it's important to remember that even the main event uh, had been on the cards for well over 23 years before it got road closure. And this process that we've been through started seven years ago 
and we needed to understand that we had to minimize the trauma on the city of Cape Town as much as we could um, and still make it viable to host an event. And I think the beauty of running out and back on the blue routes and back into town on the freeway is that we leave all of the kind of minor roads, the main roads uh, and the underpasses are, are left free and open for the citizens of Cape Town still to move. We realize that there's going to be backlogs and holdups. We are limiting that short routes. So it's going to be limited to four or 5,000 riders max in the first year so that we don't create a huge inconvenience. So if people are wanting to get entries in, now is the time to do it. And then we'll monitor that situation. We'll see where the pinch points are. As you rightly point out, this is not only about the participants riding in the event. This is about the residents of the city of Cape Town. We need them to be part of this journey. It's part of what makes this event so special is the fact that Cape Townians come out in their numbers to support it. And we really don't want to ruin that. Do you think that you're going to maybe lose some numbers in the 109 kilometer to the 42 kilometer? Or do you think it's going to increase the number of competitors overall for the two races? That's a very good question. There's obviously a, a very lengthy debate, uh, both at a board level here with our trustees and with the team in the office. We're very fortunate in that we've had the learnings of the Two Oceans Marathon, and we were able to study their graphs when they introduced the half marathon into the Two Oceans part of that equation. There is no doubt that there will be a slight effect on the main event, and I'll tell you why. I mean, it was interesting. My own partner has suddenly said, well, that's me. I have to ride the short route next year. And I went, why on earth would you do that? And she said, well, my daughter wants to ride, and she's yeah. 16. She'll be riding her first ever cycle tour, and she's going to do the 42. And her mum is now going to ride with her. And that's really what it's intended to do. The introduction of this 42K is about being attractive to the younger generation and to people for whom 109 Ks is, is a bridge too far. And I, I mean, I know that Jordan had committed to riding the, the 109K and was living in fear and trepidation of the training he has put in. <laughs> When he got the press release that he was asked to comment on, he <laughs> needed to say it was absolutely over the moon because it gives him an option, which is a wonderful way of kind of being introduced to the cycle. And I, I said in, in, in one of the press releases, I call it a prologue. And prologue, by definition, is an event or a happening that hopefully leads to something else. And we hope that participation in the prologue Cape Town Cycle Tour or the short route ultimately lead to people then going on and riding in the main event. So to answer your question, yes, I think it's going to have a slight effect on the main event. But I do think it's going to be bringing a whole dearth of new riders and potential riders, mountain bikers who do, you know, who are only riding 30 or 40 Ks a day and, and really don't feel like riding 109. This is an ideal opportunity for them to take the mountain bikes out and enjoy probably the most important aspect of the cycle too is the fact that you're riding on closed roads. So you get to ride on a freeway, which is close to traffic for the day for you to enjoy. And for participants and families that want to get involved, what is the limits in terms of youngest competitors age-wise? I know you don't have, you can't be too old to race, but you have to obviously be at a certain age to get into the race. I'm going to speak under correction. It is on the websites. The conditions of entry are there. I think it's 11 turning 12 in the year of the event um, on the short route. But one can, and you would have to have, maybe younger than that, I, I would need to double check. Sorry, you've caught me unawares. Um, no. Under a certain age, you will be required to ride with the adults. So you'll need to be riding with somebody who is there to take care of you out on the roads for the day. That's very important for us. Is going to be an element that we'll introduce in the new year, which is going to be the schools challenge. And we're going to be challenging schools 
across South Africa and especially across the Western Cape to get as many riders participating with the objective of a prize for the school with the most riders. So you are quite right, and I have read your press release, so you are quite right. It is 11 years and older. You need to be 11 in the year of the event. So there you are. We'll just clear that up. David, when we look at the logistics of doing something like this, a 42K, you go sort of with the flow, if I'm right, and then you turn around and you come back exclusively on the 42K, which obviously then means you need to get more water stations, more people involved. So that's made this a lot more difficult for you guys, hasn't it? Yes, and and that's been part of the challenge with the authorities. Um, Obviously, the 109K soaks up massive amounts of resource from the city and from our medical partners, MediClinic. So it's traffic officers, it's marshals, it's water point personnel, it's medical personnel. It's making sure that we've got sufficient resource to be able to manage the additional leg back into town without compromising safety and security. And that's absolutely key. Safety of participants and safety of the residents of the city of Cape Town is absolutely paramount. And it's it's part of what the experience is about. And, and, and making sure that we're able to react to incidents timelessly is something that we've had to make sure we've been able to cover. So, as I say, it was a lengthy process and it was coming up with a plan because I can't tell you, Everybody's a genius out there when it comes to putting a route together until you look at the practicalities of it. So there were probably six or seven different options that we had to work through with the city to find something that was both achievable for the average man and and at the same time viable in terms of its impact on the city and the residents of Cape Town. The one thing that I guess when you do something like this and you shorten a route is an iconic landmark might fall by the wayside. And I guess... For the riders that are going to do the 40-kilometer-odd race, uh, no Seikabossi is a blessing in disguise. No Seikabossi and no Chapman's Peak is a huge blessing in disguise. There was a lot of debate around trying to take the event through to Fisher and then cut across and do Chappies and Seikabossi. Now, the reality is, is that that effectively gives you a 70-odd K event with all the climbing that you would have had in the 109K, maybe just less the, the Smith's climb, which makes it, again, difficult event if you're really new to the sport. So we're trying to keep it under 800 meters of climbing and under 50 kilometers in distance. Iconic, what I will tell you is this. So yes, you're, you're, you're not going to have Sagamorsi, you're not going to have Chappies. But riding back up the Blue Route with a gentle southeaster pushing you is really beautiful with the Constantia Valley and Constantia Berg on your left-hand side. And then there are... Very few views that I enjoy more than coming up Hospital Bend. As you rise, pop over Hospital Bend and you look down over Table Bay with the City Bowl on your left-hand side. That's a very special Table Mountain on your left, sea on your right, you're looking down towards, and it's all downhill to the finish from there. So it's different. It's not the long route. And ultimately, what we want is people to aspire to the long route in years to come. This will certainly offer riders a really, really lovely experience. I mean, the ride through Newlands Forest on the way back is going to be lovely because you're going to have people... On both sides of the road, the residents from kind of Newlands, Bishop's Court, heading, coming up, supporting you as you head back towards town. I think it's, I think it's lovely. Have you got a connection with Wind Guru that you've already organized the wind at the cyclists' backs? <laughs> oh dear, I'm going to take a slap for this in the future. <laughs> yeah. I think the odds are that if there's going to be a wind, it's going to be a southeaster being summer and that does mean that once you turn at west lake at the end of the blue Roots, it's behind you all the way home it literally is it'll it's going to blow you all the way back up the blue Roots, 
once you get into Newlands, the wind dissipates and disappears completely, and it'll pick you up as it pushes you over the top of uh, Hospital Bend and, and down Nelson Mandela Boulevard to the finish. David, when we look at the events that are coming up here in Cape Town and the announcement recently of the new e-formula race coming to Cape Town and around the waterfront area, we've got the two oceans, we've got the Cape Town Marathon, we've got the cycle to it. Do you guys collaborate at all amongst yourselves to create this like grand slam of events in South Africa? I understand you can't participate in an e-formula race. There's only racing drivers in that, but all the other ones... Uh, is it like a kind of grand slam? Obviously, I've not mentioned the APSO as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of massive events here. There's, I don't want to say too much. Yes, we work very closely with the other event organizers. Obviously, we, we, we're cognizant of some events that move their dates occasionally. So we need to make sure we're not uh, treading on each other's toes. So we have a very close working relationship. And in this respect, the city of Cape Town has been particularly forward thinking. They really have, but they they facilitate a number of, of workshops and meetings that we've had in the past with with other event organisers, and certainly even with Formula E, we look at opportunities that exist around e mobility, e bikes. How could we bring yeah. e bikes to an event in the week of the Formula E? So always looking for opportunities, and as I say, we work closely with the running events. They they are fantastic. There is something in the offing around a collaboration between a couple of the major events. But it would be premature of me to let the cat out the bag just yet. We're still finalizing a couple of details, but it is an exciting initiative, taking some learnings from some of the big European cities. So watch that space. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll be able to bring news right here on from the boardroom to the locker room when that does happen. Uh, David, the one thing that, that impresses me, having lived around the country in many different locations, 25 years in Johannesburg and back now 15 years in Cape Town. And I, and I don't say this meaning it to sound biased towards the province that we're in, but the slogan of the city of Cape Town is, the city works for you. It does. It's amazing what they do for us in this part of the world, isn't it? We are extremely fortunate. We've been a province and in a city that had clean audits for a number of years. It does work. Um, and I was party to a conversation recently between some senior individuals from the province uh, when they were asked by somebody from Johannesburg, how do you manage to keep your roads in such good nick? The response was, there's a tipping point. And unless you're constantly working to stay ahead of the game and making sure that the infrastructure is maintained and looked after, then you're going to fall behind and you're going to end up in a situation that some of our, our big cities are in now where road infrastructure has gone to potholes. Yeah. Um, but we are we are very fortunate um, and as major events we're even more fortunate because the the city and the province realize the value that these events bring in terms of tourism and marketing you know it isn't it's about the tourists that are coming in but it's about marketing the destination for people to come to at a later time so we have a great working relationship they see the value in events infrastructure in the city and in the province, really is phenomenal. I mean, we are blessed. I know that a lot of our international riders are blown away by the infrastructure they have here in South Africa when they come to ride. They, they just they didn't imagine it was going to be as sophisticated as the wrong word, in such good shape. You know, you, you sit in Europe and you hear the stories of what's happening in South Africa, but you arrive in South Africa and you have a different perspective. And to that extent, we owe our provincial authorities and our city authorities a, a huge debt of gratitude. We really do.
Yeah, they do an unbelievable job. But you guys also do an unbelievable job with your cycle for a cause. Tell us more about that. So we've, we, there's, there's a whole bunch. So we, in terms of the event, the event itself is actually all about putting back into community. And I think that's absolutely critical. So we have, for many years now, we've encouraged riders to come in and ride for different causes. So there are a number of charities that have secured entries from us, and they then add value to those entries and encourage riders to ride for various different charities. Um, and there are 60 or 70 of them that have registered with the cycle. Also. And they will be riding to raise money for their, their particular cause or awareness for their particular cause. I think the importance of that is that it allows you to not only go out and have fun on the day, and know that the event itself is contributing back to community because that's what the event is. But at the same time, if charities that are not directly linked to the cycle tour are able to use the event as an opportunity to raise additional funding. So I talk about a double-edged sword, and that's really what the cycle tour is. It isn't a commercial exercise. It is an event that's putting money back into communities to Rotary and PPA. That's the profit of the event. But at the same time, it's embracing other charities, other causes, and allowing people to come out there and be a part of it. And through a number of organizations that we work with, Pedals for Peace, we're putting bikes, and Pedal Power Association, we're putting bikes back into local communities through which the the event passes. So the likes of Ocean View, Masipumalele, Hangberg Community and Heart Bay, we're seeing cyclists, more and more cyclists from those areas actually now participating in the event and having their friends and relatives come out and support them, which is wonderful. We never really talk about this, and I don't expect you to have the, you might have the answer at your fingertips, but what kind of money does it cost to put an event like this together? <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm always amused. And uh, for many years, I sat on that side of the fence. In other words, when I was not an event organizer, we have our matchbox and cigarette box mathematicians who work out that so many entries are so many millions of brands and they are millions of brands of profit. The event will cost somewhere between 20 and 25 million to put on the road. That's all in. That's when one starts to analyze where the costs are, you're spending close to 2 million rand just on medical. And that's just one element. Then you've got Metro Police, you've got SAPs, you've got traffic, you've got communications, you've got water points, sweep vehicles, there's start and finish, there's cleansing, there's facility hire. The list just goes on and on and on and on. Insurance. In, two, in 2010, just prior to the World Cup, they brought in the new Safegate Events Act in South Africa. And major events like ours simply couldn't happen without the support of the province and the city because without them coming aboard, not with cash, we don't get money from either the province or the city, but what we get is we get services in kind in certain areas. And that allows us to be able to host the event. Entry fees would simply not cover the cost of running an event of this size. Understanding that what we are doing is closing 109 kilometers in a major metropolitan city. That is not an easy task. When you put into perspective the 20 mil that you talk about, you're not taking into account the thousands of volunteers who are doing this for free. So there's that's part of that double-edged sword that I spoke about. So the volunteers are primarily our rotary support base. They are also one of the beneficiaries of the cycle tour. So they are volunteering their time. The rotary clubs are being paid, and that money is flowing directly back into rotary projects throughout the city and throughout the province. So they are an ex- the marshals are an expense, but rather than using commercial operators, we're using volunteer organizations, knowing that the money we're spending is heading straight back into community. And that's tilt on why this event 
isn't just about commerciality. I mean, there are a lot of comments often passed by people, yes, it's all about money. Well, yes, it is to the extent that we need to generate the revenue to be able to run the event. But any profit that is made is flowing back into the community. This over and above the economic effect that the event has on the Western Cape and on the hotels, the B&Bs, the restaurants, the shops where people are coming in and spending money. That effect is massive to the province. It really is. And on top of all of that, besides it being the biggest time bike race in the world, I guess Life Cycle Week must also be close to being one of the biggest expos for cyclists in the world. We're not 100% sure, but we think we're the biggest health and fitness expo on the African continent. We're not aware of another expo that is as large as ours in terms of numbers. We try and pitch it not as a cycling expo, but more a healthy lifestyle expo, understanding that of the 30-odd thousand cyclists that will participate, maybe 50% are hardcore cyclists. The rest are what I deem as lifestyle athletes. They're people that they go to gym, they run, they trail run, they've got a mountain bike, they, you know, they just enjoy the outdoors. And as somebody once said, riding the cycle tours is like going to the J&B Met, and you do it in Lycra and you sweat a little bit more. It's a big party. And the idea is that we're trying to encourage this more and more is that it's about owning the road. You've got, you've got a closed road and you've got seven hours to ride around the Cape Peninsula. Go and do that. There's no need to chase your tail and not enjoy the view. And I think I may have mentioned it last time we spoke, the number of people that are now posting pictures of themselves in, whether it's Cork Bay, Simonstown, Scarborough, Nordhook, having a coffee and a croissant at one of the local coffee shops on, the, on their way around is becoming more and more prevalent. And I think that's what I'm loving about this. This is, this is a a lovely, healthy outdoor lifestyle event that you can have fun at. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing a photograph of somebody stopping in the valley of a thousand hills for a coffee and a croissant running the <laughs> conference marathon. It just doesn't seem to gel with me. When we talk no. about the, the two the two events, let's first talk about the, the short race. Mm. Time span to finish that one is how long? Now you've got me stone cold. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, cutoffs are on the website, but more than enough time to be able to get in. I, I speak under correction, but I think it's something like three hours, three and a half hours. But I would, I would need to do it. Um, but uh, uh, more than enough time for you to actually walk up some of the hills and, and enjoy the, the Constantia Valley as you do so. Look, 42 kilometers. Now. Listen, me saying 42 kilometers is not a long way. Yeah, especially when I've got a 1.2 under my feet and accelerator. But on a bicycle, you still need a train, don't you? And you still should be getting out there and, and training every weekend to be able to do the 42K. Uh, absolutely. You really do need to do that. Um, I think it's probably close to four hours. I think we worked at 11 kilometers an hour, which is a very comfortable pace for an absolute beginner. But you do need to train. I mean, you, if you're going to be spending three, four hours on a bicycle saddle, you want to be used to sitting on, on a bicycle saddle. And I think that that's the most important thing is, is just get out there. And you don't have to do massive distances. You can do 10 or 15 Ks as part of your training in the lead up to the 42 K. And because the idea is that you are going to stop at the water points, there will be massage tables that you can have your legs rubbed. And I was, as I always say to friends of mine, do it. listen, if, if you've entered this thing, you might as well get your money's worth and stop at the water stations and have the leg rubs. Absolutely. hundred percent. In fact, get into the race to get a leg rub. Uh, let's just talk uh, very briefly, because we haven't mentioned it. I know we've taken it for granted, but the date of the race is on that? 12th of March. 12th of March, 2023. And uh, just in case you don't have it at your fingertips, I'll tell you that you can enter right now 
you can get your entry forms in. Go to the website, www.capetowncycletour.com and uh, you will have to fork out 320 rand to race in the 42-kilometer race. Entries, as I say, are now open. 11 years old and older. You need to be 11 if you're a junior in 2023. Great family outing. Get on your two wheels or, I guess, tandem bikes and others as well, David. Absolutely. If it's got wheels and pedals, you can use it. But it can't have an engine. No, no, where uh, we, <laughs> here we go. So e-bikes are actually allowed. Yeah. There's strict oh. regulations around the speed, the speed of e-bikes. Um, this is about making the event accessible to all. And, and you know, there, there are many people who have medical conditions that don't allow them to, to ride fully on their own, which means they need the assistance of, of a bike. Uh, and that we're quite happy with. So the mayor, his honorable Mr. Hill, is not going to flatten Sekabossi because now he doesn't have to ride up it. 42 Ks, mm-hmm. but is he going to be on a bike with or without an engine? That's a question I actually can't answer, but I, knowing Jordan Hill Lewis as I do, I'm almost certain he will be on a conventional bike and he will be riding it uh, under his own steam. <laughs> He's not a man to shy away from challenges. No, that he certainly is. Absolutely not. David, it's always a pleasure chatting to you. We look forward to the event. We look forward to being part of it in whichever way we can. And I know it seems like still a long way away, but for you, it's just around the corner. And I guess there's still a lot of work to be done. It is just around the corner and an incredible amount of work to be done. And thank you very much for being part of the journey. We really appreciate it. We certainly enjoy being at David Perez. Thank you so much for telling to us. That was another edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. Today, we were sitting on the saddle of our yourself a pleasant evening. Join us again tomorrow evening. And as always, be kind to each other. Bye for now.